Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Hi, this is Dr. John Townsend, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hi, this is Kaya Kyle, and you're listening to Life Giver. Hi, I'm Shasta Nelson, founder of GirlfriendCircles.com, and you are listening to Life Giver. Welcome to the Life Giver Podcast. This is Corey Weathers. If you are new to the podcast, I am so excited that you're joining me and hopefully you're listening from the Life Giver app. One of my favorite things about the app is that you can either watch episodes or listen to them and at the same time do other things on your phone and it doesn't mess up the audio. You can actually listen while you're doing other things, answering emails or whatever. Um, you can also go for a run or work out. That's what I like to do with podcasts. So um, it, hopefully you're listening from the podcast app. Um, but if you have not downloaded the Life Giver app, I'm wondering why, because it's free and there's all kinds of really cool interactive features on there. There's marriage curriculum. There is um, some of my favorite resources. I even put a music playlist. My favorite music playlist from Spotify is now available on the app as well. Um, and a way for you to get involved with Life Giver stories which is an extension of the podcast that I'm rolling out this year where I'm inviting more people to share their stories, um, powerful stories of emerging from the dark is what I'm saying. Um, basically giving you guys a place to share how you've grown and changed and how you have um, had a comeback in your life. And I think that that's what I love about this podcast and the interviews that I get to do is that they're usually inspiring stories where they're not stories of perfection. They're more so about going through a difficult time and coming out of that. Um, so I hope you're listening from the app. If you're not, I hope you'll download it soon. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with it and I'm always open to ideas and suggestions for that. So today's episode is not a video episode. It's actually only audio. And the reason for that is that today's topic is a very sensitive topic. And I wanted to make sure that I was fully focused and um, really took great care in doing this episode. So I have notes in front of me and um, I really just didn't want to stress over the camera or anything like that. I really wanted to focus. So today's topic is all about family members. I recently had someone reach out to me and request that I do an episode on how do you communicate with family members um, w about the changes that you've gone through in the service lifestyle. Now, that is a huge question. It is a huge question, and it's one that I wanted to be very sensitive with because there's so many different directions that I could answer that question in. Um, there are changes that you've gone through as a supporting spouse. There's changes that you've gone through if you are a serving spouse, whether you're a first responder or military. Um, there's changes that you've gone through as a family, your immediate family, those that are living inside of your home, your children, your immediate family. And I'm also recognizing that there are family members who um, – have varying levels of support, like you experience varying levels of support from those family members. 
And so it's a really big question to answer. And it's one that I can't believe that I haven't covered that already. Um, But it's an important question. And um, in fact, I asked on my Facebook page a crowdsourcing question where I asked, what do you wish external family members understood about our lifestyle? And my Facebook page blew up. In fact, I had so many comments on this. I'm actually going to do another episode following this one. So this is going to be a series. It's going to be a family series. And that next episode is actually going to be addressed to family members. So instead of me talking to you who are service couples, I'm actually going to do the next podcast aimed at family members, external family members of service families um, for the purpose of me giving you a resource that you could maybe share with those family members if you're trying to figure out how to communicate changes, communicate things that you've gone through, maybe communicate some tough things that you guys have mentioned on the Facebook page you wish that they understood. Um, So I'm going to attempt to kind of pull all that together and actually deliver to your family members in a podcast episode what we wish that they understood hopefully in a graceful way. So we'll see how that goes. But I wanted to let you know that that is coming after this episode. But today, I want to tackle this very difficult topic of um, family members and them experiencing the changes that you and your spouse have gone through. So in order for me to do this in, in a way that's not so broad, I want to paint a picture for you of what's in my mind and how I'm going to address this question. So in my mind... I'm thinking that this topic is more so about um, your serving spouse has gone through especially some changes. Maybe um, he's irritable than he was before. Maybe he's experienced some trauma and has changed good or bad from that. Maybe he has some triggers that he didn't have before. Um, Maybe he's hypervigilant so that when family members, whether it's your parents or his parents, come for a visit – Let's say they are surprised by some of these changes and they realize that their son, their daughter, um, is just not the same as they were before. And having that conversation perhaps with those family members about that and maybe smoothing over what those visits look like. So that is how I'm going to try to tackle today's topic is to hopefully arm you with some things to think about. Um, And I am going to try to give you some actual steps of here's some specific things that you can do. But I think because this is such a complicated topic, I I also more so, also more so, that sounds like a Dr. Seuss (laughs) rhyme, but um, I really want to give you some concepts to actually hold in your mind that will hopefully help you be a little bit more graceful or merciful with your family members Um, as you navigate this difficult dynamic. So before I get into some actual practical things that you can do when working with family members, I want to start off with let's just talk about what are some changes that we could have gone through as families. Um, I think we take this for granted, and I think that there's a lot of changes we go through that are very subtle that we don't realize are changes, but that family members come back into our homes, especially if it's been a long time since they've seen you, or maybe it's your first assignment, or you've just gotten into this career, and you're a year or two in, and some things have happened that have made some changes. Um, So 
I, I, for family members, they're just now coming in. And so you've definitely made some changes. And I want to start there because I think we need to talk about what are the typical changes that we go through. So to keep it very brief, um, number one, we've definitely gone through a cultural shift. So whether you're a first responder or a military family, it is a different culture. It is, and we all know that. I don't think you need me to unpack how our culture is different from the everyday American life. And let's keep in mind that there are lots of different cultures in the American life, not just military or first responder. There is the, I think all the time of like the um, medical field culture. Um, I think of the academic culture. You know, everybody that's got a career out there feels that they are in their culture. And so I don't think we are the only cultures that are out there. But for us, we've gone through a cultural shift within our community taking that step from non-service related to now serving families where we put a lot on the line. We put um, our family, our spouse maybe is putting their life on the line. Um, And so that's what makes our culture unique. So just remember that as we've come into this community, there's been some subtle changes and some big changes. So subtle changes are things like the way we talk to each other, the way that we, you know, I talk to a lot of couples where they're very um, quick and clear and um, assertive with each other because they may not have a lot of time around each other. And so they're transitioning and changing roles and schedules are off. And so there's really not much time to add a lot of added fluff to things. And so it's like, here's what we're doing. Here's what the kids are doing. Here's what time dinner is. This is what's got to happen, right? So um, some of that is out of necessity. I was thinking earlier how funny it is. Um, I hope I'm not the only one out there, but maybe there's a lot of you who when your spouse, maybe your spouse does this to you, maybe you do it to them. But when you say, hey, I'm going to go, I need you to go pick up the kids at three o'clock because I've got this other activity that I got to go to. And your spouse responds with, Roger got it, right? So there's like these little phrases that we pick up over time subtly that are just part of the culture. And um, not everybody in America does that. Not everybody says, Roger got it, right? So that's just one example. But I think there's a lot of other little things that we pick up as well. I think tolerance is another big shift that we go through. Um, This is where it kind of ties into some triggers as well, where um, there are some things that we are more tolerant of, meaning um, some things don't rattle you quite so much because you've dealt with some very big things, some very big topics, maybe as a spouse at home. Um, Certain things don't stress you out anymore because you've dealt with some much bigger complex things in your life. And so when you see another family stressing out about something, you're going, you know, that's nothing compared to what I've had to go through and adjust. And and so those little things don't stress you as much. So in in a lot of cases, we're a little bit more tolerant where we can handle a lot more. But I think there's also a lot of things that we're less tolerant of. Um, And we see that a lot with our serving spouse if they've, um, especially if they've gone through loss where they've, um, somebody's been killed, a partner's been killed, a battle buddy has been killed, or they've seen a lot of loss or they've seen a lot of casualty, not necessarily just even injuries, but um, they've lost innocence. And um, when you come back from that, um, it's, it's very hard to be tolerant of what I hear a lot of people saying feels like whining. You know, some of the little things, what we would call first world problems, 
where it's like, okay, people are complaining that their coffee isn't hot enough or that's some minor irritation. And so we find ourselves a lot less tolerant for that level of complaining um, when you have experience putting your life on the line and you've seen some much in your mind bigger things going on. And so I think as even supporting spouses, we can feel that same way. We can find ourselves a lot less tolerant. Um, I know that with the big debate with kneeling during the national anthem with the f- football players, um, there was a lot of debate going on. But one of the things that I saw online was a lot of service families who responded in confusion Um where, you know, yes, there's varying sides within the community, but for the most part, people were responding with confusion of why would you kneel? Like people have died because of what that flag represents and people that I know and that that's disrespecting not just the flag and and the country, it's disrespecting those people who've lost their lives. And and that's a good example of um, being a lot less tolerant for something that maybe the average American um isn't having that experience and they don't know that experience and so they're not even um, thinking in that way and so all that to say that the service lifestyle can change us over time in a way that we can become more tolerant for things but also less tolerant and that can come across um, with irritability anger rage even I've seen a lot of service um, spouses who you know over holiday dinners not necessarily ours but um, that I hear from other couples where there's rage and anger um, because of these what feels like commonplace conversations over the dinner table, over the holiday Christmas dinner table um, about war and people's opinions on war. And that can really trigger a service member who has been on the front lines, literally. And so um, tolerating a conversation where people are trying to be super open-minded and have all kinds of opinions um, can really bring up a lot of feelings for a lot of service members. So I think you get the idea of what I'm saying, that tolerance is definitely something that can change in us. Um, There's other reasons, too, we need to be mindful of why changes might have happened or why it might be going on. It could be, yes, because of trauma that's happened and you are different. I know a lot of you have read Sacred Spaces, the book. Um, I've been very open and vulnerable about um, our story. And even in the book, I mentioned Matt's uh, parents. I mentioned my parents as well. My dad is a retired Air Force pilot. Um, his dad, my Matt's dad is a retired police officer. And, you know, there was one part in the book where I was very vulnerable in talking about how when Matt came home, everything collided at once. He was reintegrating, trying to make everybody happy at once and got into a really pretty nasty argument over the phone with his mom. Um, because he just felt pulled in all kinds of different directions and had not had a chance to heal from his deployment. And that shocked us all. It surprised us all. And it was a huge wake-up moment to realize that something was different. And Matt has gone on, and they have a wonderful relationship now. Um, But that was a huge moment for us, of all of us realizing that things were different. Matt was different. Matt was struggling with something. And we all in that moment didn't know what to do. I know I for sure didn't know what to do. I didn't want to get between him and his parents. Um, I'm sure that his mom would have loved for me to have gotten between um, the two of them over that phone call. Um, But there was nothing that I could do that I knew of, and it was a surprise to me as well. So sometimes our 
we have changes that happen because of trauma, because life has shifted, just completely shifted. There are other times that it's more so because it's just a season of intensity, like um, bosses or leadership are very toxic or the job is more demanding than it was before, or maybe um, the season of parenting is more challenging than it was before, and so everybody's on edge and that's just adding to it. And so when we talk about family members reacting to changes in us, um, especially if it's due to the lifestyle, I think we have to think about all those variables. We have to think about what actually has changed in us. Is it the subtle changes over time of being part of the culture? Is it that something significant has happened in our life that changed us permanently and that we have to wrestle with that, what we believe about it, how we integrate it into our life now? Um, you know, or is, is this just a season that, of just tension, a season of just a lot of intense things going on and trying to sort that out? Reintegration would be a perfect example of that, of just, man, we say now, don't make any big decisions for at least a year of reintegration. Of course, that brings up a big question for those of you who are special forces who have a longer deployment, um, I'm sorry, a shorter deployment cycle. Um, in that case, I would say however long your deployment is, then don't make any big decisions for that same amount of time after that deployment to give you guys plenty of time to reintegrate. Um, okay, so that being said, all kinds of changes can happen and for lots of varying reasons going into that. And so as far as what to think about with your family members and how to explain it, I think that that's actually a start to be able to know and be aware of where those changes have come from and that some of especially the subtle changes that have happened in your life, you may not even realize that um, you've said something or you're acting in such a way that you didn't realize is different from what you did before or said before or how you behaved before. But those family members coming in definitely notice the difference. Um, and so sometimes I think it's just being aware of that and going, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I just, you know, that's something that I picked up along the way and this is what that means. And um, But, yeah, I guess, I guess that that's not something I've done before <laughs> and being able to laugh that off. So definitely some subtle things. So when I think about how do you communicate with family members about these changes – um, it opens a big can of worms, and I've actually been thinking about this topic for several days now, trying to find the words that I want to give you guys because there's so many directions I could go depending on what you are going through in your home and the level of support that you have from your family. And um, so to give you these next action steps moving forward, um, I think I want to give it with the caveat of let's assume that all of us are doing the best that we can. So Brene Brown actually said that recently. She said that when she's trying to practice empathy and grace with people around her, that that was a big shift for her when she started to consider that everybody around her just might be doing the best that they can. And that's really helped me as well. Um, I tend to be the optimist in the family. My husband tends to be the pessimist. And so I realize that um, each of you are different on how easy that comes to you. But um, I will say that it's very helpful to keep that in mind. So the, that means that your serving spouse, if you have family members that are coming to visit, um, that your serving spouse is doing the best they can, even if they're acting irritable, even if they're acting um, 
differently or if they've got a lot of stress going on or or even if they storm out, you know, whatever's going on, to keep in mind that your spouse might be just doing the best that they can. And instead of being angry and frustrated and wishing that they would be acting differently or wishing that they weren't wearing their heart on their sleeve or whatever might be going on, to give that extension of grace that everybody, especially during a family visit, might be living in this kind of crucible environment where everything is heightened. Emotions are heightened. Tensions can be heightened. And that can cause all of us to not be at our 100% best. But we might all be doing the best that we can. And so is your serving spouse. Um, and that's that goes the same for the family members coming in. To, to remember that your family member is doing the best that they can too. That they are out of their element coming to visit you. This is not their home. This is um, not their normal routine. This is not the normal way that they do life. It's not the culture that they may live in and be familiar with and that they might be doing the best that they can. I know there's a lot of family members that come for visits and feel like they're walking on eggshells because they want to be supportive but not know how. And so maybe the next podcast that I do will be really helpful for them on things that they can do that would be really helpful Um and hopefully not to cause tension. Um, but I also want to say that those that are supporting spouses like me, the military spouse, the first responder spouse, I know for the most part that you guys are doing the best that you can. In fact, I think some of you are doing so much, you're doing too, you're doing everybody else's work. So especially during a visit when your job is to usually hold down the home front and manage things and manage the visit and manage the meals, which I know sounds like it's straight from the 50s, but those of you who are first responder spouses or military spouses, even if you have a job, um, usually you have the most stable job as far as the schedule goes. And so a lot of that falls on you. And so you are managing everybody and everybody's feelings, and sometimes you're doing that too much. And so a lot of times that results in you doing the work for your spouse, maybe being the translator between your spouse and his parents, feeling like you need to be a mediator between the two, smoothing everything over. Um, In a lot of cases, you're working way too hard. And so Um, I know that you're doing the best that you can and that you need to give yourself some grace on that. But I really want to encourage you to really take a look at that and set some good boundaries for yourself and make sure that you're not doing your spouse's work for them, that you're not necessarily communicating everything for them, um, and that you're also maybe not wearing that mask of everything is perfect and happy and sunshine and roses and rainbows and Um, That doesn't mean that we let the worst of ourselves out. It just means that you be authentic and you do what you can and do the best that you can, but let's not pretend and be fake and try to cover because all that does is come across as not authentic and it adds to the tension. So that would be number one is to keep in mind that everybody is doing the best that they can, especially during a visit, and there's lots of room for grace. And I promise you that if you are the supporting spouse and feeling like you are in between all of it, that you having the grace to to know that and be aware of that will go a long way in your own patience. And your modeling of that patience will make a huge difference to everybody around you Um, And they'll tend to pick up on it and follow your lead on that. Um, Because I guarantee you a lot of family members are going to probably follow your lead on what to do. Okay, so some things that you can do. Um, Number one, I'm going to say be proactive. 
Franklin Covey um, came out with Seven Habits for Highly Successful Families. They have um, Seven Habits for Highly Successful Military Families, and this is one of their seven habits, which is be proactive. I'm a huge fan of being proactive when you can, and it just means that you're able to hit a pause button and think ahead of time and prepare where you can. Like Instead of just reacting all the time, um, doing what you can before something happens, slowing yourself down, breathing, preparing, planning, that sort of thing. So I think before a visit, I would say be proactive by preparing as a couple. There are conversations that you need to have with your spouse where you guys can come up with cue language and cue signals um, so that if things are overwhelming, if there's too many people in the house, if it's too tense, if somebody just needs a break or a breather, whether that's you or your serving spouse, that you kind of have that cue ahead of time. Um, something like being able to say, hey, hon, I'm going to run to the store and, and get something I forgot. Now, that's good to know ahead of time that that's a cue so that you're not saying, why, honey? Why are you going to the store? I already got everything. I already did the shopping for everybody and then putting them on the spot when really what they needed was just a breather, a chance to get out, go for a drive, um, calm themselves because maybe there's just too many people in the house or it's too loud in the house. So having that kind of cue language between the two of you um, to just release them. And, and you know what? You guys need that too. The sporting spouses at home, for you to be able to have that cue as well to go, you know what? If it's his parents that are visiting and you want to give them some time to just talk on their own, um, whether you're stressed or whether things there's too much going on or whether you actually do need something at the store, to just be able to go, hey, I'm going to run to the store and get such and such, um, is, is a great non-manipulative cue to the other person that, hey, I'm giving you this space or I'm going to take some space. And really, as a married couple, it's just really helpful for you guys to be able to do that for each other, to serve each other in that way, and have some kind of cue. I'm a huge fan of cues between... Um, couples for these kind of situations, especially if there's triggers not having to do with family members, but just out and about in the in the world. If there's a trigger that happens, that there's a cue that you guys, especially a physical cue, like squeezing your hand, um, squeezing your knee, something like that, that cues the other person, hey, tag team, you're it. I'm a little overwhelmed right now. So um, also part of being proactive is I think there are some times that it's okay to be uh, proactive in preparing the family members that are coming to visit. Now, I don't think that we need to draw attention to things that would just make it more dramatic um, to talk about. So if there's just subtle changes going on or if it's just kind of a little bit of a tense season, I don't think that you need to call them and say, hey, just in case, I just want to let you know things have been really tense lately. Or, you know, I think sometimes that's not necessary. But if there has been a very big change or let's say if you're a first responder and you have responded to something significant. Um, we've had a lot of mass shootings lately in the last couple years or um, a significant thing that's been on the news or your family is aware of that significant event that's happened. Or if your serving spouse has come home from a deployment and we know that that deployment was significant. I think it's okay to call family members ahead of time and give them ways that they can succeed in the visit. I think every family member wants to come for good reason, wants to have an enjoyable experience visiting with your family, and is anticipating 
having a wonderful time with you. And I think giving them ways to succeed in that will help you guys feel like the visit is successful as well. And everybody loves to succeed. Nobody likes to fail. And so if we don't have these upfront conversations, then people are walking into a test not knowing if they're going to fail. So things like giving them a heads up that if something significant has happened, to be able to say, hey, so glad that you're coming for this visit. Just want to let you know that um, I know we all know that this big event happened, um, but we just like to ask that we don't talk about it during this visit. There's, you know, a legal investigation going on or there's court battles going on or uh, or it's just too sensitive of a topic right now. We may not get into it or I try to leave that up to, you know, uh, my husband if he brings it up or not. And so just giving them a heads up on knowing what to do with that information because everybody's going to be naturally curious about it. Um, and understandably curious, not in a, vo- a voyeurist way, uh, voyeuristic way. Really, it's just because this is um, their family member. This is their son. This is their daughter. This is somebody that they care about. And they've been either wounded or traumatized. And it's it's perfectly normal for them to wonder how they're doing and how they're processing that. So giving them a heads up ahead of time to let them know that, hey, we may not go there this time. Um, but that we're getting help or that things are okay and and we're just kind of compartmentalizing that for right now and we've told been told that that's okay for right now gives them kind of an idea of what to do and how to handle that. So there might be other things that you might want to share with them as well, such as if you know work has been incredibly stressful and so if we seem a little bit irritable or on edge, um, just want to give you a heads up it's not you, it's just some stuff that's going on or um, just also a heads up that our schedule is all over the place. And so we will have dinner, you know, every night at six, whether he's home or not, or not, or we may not have dinner until eight because we don't know when he's coming home. So just having those conversations proactively, I think, are really helpful. I think another thing kind of on the um, more when they're visiting and they're there and everybody's in the home together if things are um, going on where your serving spouse is being triggered or there is tension that's rising between family members um, and your serving spouse or with you or just things are not quite going right, I'm a huge fan of being transparent and authentic. Um, you've heard me say on this podcast um, how valuable it can be to just turn the lights on in kindness. And so this looks like sitting down together and saying, hey, I know things were tense this morning and I just want to talk about it and check in with you and see how you're doing. I'm not upset with you. Um, You know, he's not upset with you. But, you know, I I sense that tension and I thought it might be good to talk about it. Um, Or if, you know, let's I'm just going to make this up. Let's just say he storms out for some reason, like he really gets triggered or really upset and he storms out for some reason. Um, again, I want to encourage you to not necessarily be a translator. Um, if the serve, if the family members are coming to you and they're going, please help us understand what's going on. I think that's an invitation to give your perspective and be able to share some insight and some wisdom into um, how they can handle that. Um, but I would also encourage you to um, talk with your husband when he comes home and say, hey, I know that that was a very difficult thing for you, um, but you need to talk to your your parents. You need to explain what happened because I don't know if I can do justice. I don't know if I can do that for you, and I don't know if I should do that for you. Um, or even empowering the family members, you know, hey, I, I know that this was hard for you to go through. I don't know if I have all the answers. I can give you some, but I would really encourage you to talk to your son about that. 
Um, it's kind of a similar way of doing that with our kids, right? We're not responsible. Speaking for me, I personally am not responsible for my children's relationship with their father. Um, I have influence, but I'm not responsible for it. So, and and this goes both ways. So if something happens where, let's just say, Matt comes in, I'm making this up to you, like Matt comes in and he slams the door and one of the kids take it personally and they think that they're in trouble um, and I don't know for sure or or whatever. The kids come to me and they say, hey, mom, I really think dad's mad at me and I wish he wouldn't have slammed the door. And, and you know, there are sometimes I'm just going to go, oh, that wasn't you. That was not, he was actually late, you know. But if there was really something going on, I would encourage my child to go have that conversation with her dad and say, you know, go talk with daddy about that. Um, I know he would want to have that conversation with you. Um, So I try my best and I try to encourage you guys as much as possible to try to not be translators of other people's relationships as much as possible. But there are times when it is helpful to give wisdom and give perspective if you feel like it can help, uh, especially if it can help calm things down just a little bit, um, if you can use better words than someone else can. So definitely be authentic, be transparent, turn the lights on when you can. I think the last thing that I would probably share with you is that everybody is going through some level of shock and surprise. And um, this is something that you probably have had to go through too as you've experienced um, your spouse changing over time. You've also had some changes go on and maybe your spouse was surprised to come home from a deployment and realize how independent you are. I share I share openly about that in my book as well where Matt came home and saw me as a very angry person. And I thought that I was just independent and strong. I was. I argued for the longest time thinking I'm not angry. I'm just independent um, and confident. And what I later found out was that I really um, was independent and confident, but it had also mixed in a lot of resentment in there too towards the lifestyle for causing these changes that were now in my whole family. I, I had to really wrestle with embracing this lifestyle for what it was instead of fighting it so much. And so that was kind of what was going on in me. And my point here is that we both have gone through changes. You both have probably gone through changes. And you know what it's probably like to be surprised by those changes and to be mindful that family members might be surprised too, even by some of the subtle things that you didn't realize were changes that happened over time and that maybe you feel like they shouldn't be that surprised, but they are. And so um, everybody in some way is going through a little bit of a mourning process. And you may have already gone through that mourning process, but they haven't. Or maybe they're a little bit farther back in their journey than you are. And so recognizing that this might be a surprise to them and that they may have to mourn the loss of their son and at least and they're gaining kind of a new son I mean it's not a completely different person but they have to embrace this new person in front of them to give you an example I was doing a recent interview um, of another chaplain couple and he was sharing some of the trauma that he went through and um, his wife was sharing how this was a very difficult thing for her to go through for when he came home and so many of the changes that he went through. And at one point, she sat down and confronted him and and really asked him to get help. But she said to him, I just really miss the old Jason. And I want the old Jason to come back. And his response was, he's not coming back. And even when she told me that, she teared up. 20 years later, she teared up. And what a huge moment that was for her 
to realize that the person that he was before was not coming back. Um, And I went on in that interview to ask her later, um, what did she also gain? And she had a whole bunch of wonderful things to say about the new person that she gained. But my point here is that she had to mourn the loss of the person that was there before that she also really loved. And I know exactly what that feels like. And I think you guys do too. And so I want you to be mindful that family members have to go through that too. Um, especially if it's his parents um, that are having to, you know, when they when they come for a visit, they're coming to see their little boy. And they've known that that person since they took their first breath. Um, And that wasn't something that you were present for as much as you would have liked to have been, I guess. Um, But they were there for that and they know this person in a different way than you know them. Doesn't necessarily mean that they know 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 your spouse more, but they know your spouse differently than you do. And so, of course, they have to go through their own mourning process and their own transition into getting to know this person who is um, who's in addition to <laughs> this new person that's there with a new outlook on life and new struggles and new things to battle um, which is also normal by the way it's normal for us to change and evolve whether we're a serving family or not and your family members are also evolving and changing and going through their own struggles and and sufferings and pain and changing because of that. And so having this perspective that we're not the only ones changing is really important here because your family members are also on their own journey and you're on a journey and so is the serving spouse also on the journey. So keep that in mind that this is a surprise for them possibly and that they have to have time to adjust and navigate what is so difficult. Um, I also want to remind you that when it comes to family members, If we go home to see our family, if I go home to see my parents, and this is well-founded in research, that when we go home to where we grew up, that we return psychologically to about the age of 8 to 11. So that means when I go home to see my dad or I go home to see my mom, that I'm going to very easily fall back into whatever that pattern is with my family members um, that I grew up with. So I'm going to, like a default, subconsciously take on that same role that I had within the family when I grew up in that family. And so do the parents, and so do the siblings. If everybody's together, everybody assumes their role. And this is just something that we do. And so we need to be mindful that when we are going home to visit family members, or when family members are coming to visit us, There's all these dynamics that are going on where we are assuming those roles, those childhood roles, those parenting roles, um, and, and it can make for a very interesting, strange dynamic that's going on for everybody. And so I would encourage you to sit back and just watch those dynamics unfold and look for those dynamics to happen um, and encourage, have that conversation between you and your spouse so that you can be aware of it. Um, It's not always something that you can change very easily, but you can be aware of it and realize that, oh, wow, I'm falling back into that pattern of um, being between my parents or falling back into that pattern of where I feel Um, I don't know, whatever that feeling was that you had growing up in your childhood where you felt like your parents paid attention to you too much or didn't pay attention enough or whatever those messages were from childhood, you find yourself back into those patterns again. And so family members coming to visit are 
kind of expecting to fall into those roles on a default and they don't are they're not trying to do it they're not doing it on purpose it's just happening and um, depending on whose parents are coming to visit that one or both of you are also falling into those patterns and so being aware that that's happening too is really really important so that when somebody is triggered or when there's tension um, that you can recognize that that's part of the variables that are going on the part of the dynamics that are going on is everybody's assuming these these weird roles that they grew up with um, that may not necessarily be working or beneficial right now or or what can make it very complicated is if you're the one that's on the outside and it's not your family coming to visit you're kind of like this third wheel thing that's happening and so that can also add a lot of tension when you try to get involved and they're kind of looking at you like what are you doing this has nothing to do with you (laughs) so that can be really um, it can cause a lot of tension so um, I would also just encourage you guys to be transparent, like I said, when things um, are going on, you need to have those conversations. Um, but more than anything, I really want you guys to just take a step back and realize the perspective of the dynamics of the situation so that you can navigate um, family visits in a healthy way as much as possible. And so if I were if I were going to give you some big takeaways, I think I would say, um, remember that everybody is doing the best that they can. Um, remember that if things are really tense, that having transparent conversations and kindness um, can really be helpful. Um, to do your best to not translate or take responsibility for someone else's relationship if it's possible. Um, and definitely don't have these conversations behind each other's backs. Like there's nothing more destructive, I think, than having conversations about your spouse behind their back. Any of that I don't think is super helpful unless you've tried to have the conversations in a healthy way and it's not worked and you get permission, especially from your spouse, to have that conversation with his parents or whatever to smooth things over or give some um perspective at least at the very least I think it's healthy for you to be able to come back to your spouse and explain hey you know um, I did have a conversation with your parents and we talked about this and um, we I think it went really well and they seem to really understand and just making sure that you give a good heads up um, to your spouse and that you keep that transparency between you and your spouse so very difficult very difficult conversation and topic um, I feel like I barely scratched the surface but I hope that it's just the beginning on helping you guys think about some of the dynamics that are pl- in play when you are around family and how you can navigate those conversations um, if you're having some very big things happening especially if they're destructive things um, please talk to your spouse about getting help if they there is rage if there is destructive habits um, we definitely want to bring those down a little bit we definitely want to get help in those kind of situations and so if you need that help um, I would say in those kind of scenarios it might be good to just tell family now is not the best time for a visit that things are really tense and we've gone through a lot of very difficult things lately and so we just need some time to adjust to that but we'll arrange a visit you know as soon as things do smooth out and I'll keep you updated on that so if you need help make sure that you're getting that help Um, otherwise um, I know that this is a very difficult topic for a lot of you and a lot of you have been trying to explain these changes that are going on in your family for a very long time so I'd encourage you to listen to the next episode that's coming up where I'm actually going to speak to family members Um, wish me luck on that I'm going to speak to family members a little bit on things that they can keep in mind when they are coming to visit you or when they're hosting you 
um, just in case that's helpful to start those conversations. So as always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for being part of the conversation. I look forward to serving you later, and I hope you have a really great rest of your week.